Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I don't know if you heard yesterday's programme. We spoke to Niall Kennedy. He's a Trinity College languages lecturer. Um, he's on a temporary or a nine-month contract and as a result of that, he's not in a position, he can't get accommodation basically to live in Dublin. And the the upshot of that is that he's either commuting from rural Antrim uh, from the family home and he's renting a hostel for a couple of days a week then in Dublin. And he spoke to us in the show yesterday like, and he talked about having to step over people passed out on the floor. He's in a dormitory room with seven others, people over on a stag and just a horror situation. And this guy's trying to go into work. And he was just talking about how difficult it is to get accommodation. Look, it's an issue we all know about, but uh, even even lecturers are struggling to get accommodation and beds too. But Niall, I know we were in touch with you after the programme yesterday because we have had a huge response to this on the show. And even this morning I came in, there was more and more emails there and I printed some of them off today. Um, David got in touch. David, thanks for, for the email. He has very kindly um, said he was just so shocked, you know, to hear Niall on the show yesterday, really felt for him. And he thinks he might have something that suits. So we'll, we'll pass on David's details, uh, Niall, to you as well. Evelyn as well sent in another email. Um, she's on in the Dublin area. Uh, about 20 minute cycle to Trinity thinks she might have something that suits quiet house sharing just with the owner and cat uh, another email as well from Kevin uh, Kevin's near the M1 off the junction 4RD again might be able to uh, to let out a room and then other listeners as well getting in touch when they heard the uh, the response that Niall received looking for accommodation we could nearly set up a sort of a daft accommodation website here at the minute with the amount of emails there's definitely people out there with rooms to rent they want to rent them and I can tell you that because of the emails that I had this morning um, but for look obviously people might want to you know see who they're letting into their home and that's that's entirely fair enough but um, Niall if you haven't got sorted there's plenty of accommodation offers here for you in our email address and they're all people who said they're happy for us to pass on their details to you and we'll continue to do that and hopefully uh, you will get sorted lunchtime live at newstalk.com that's the email address if you want to contact us here on the show today now I want to talk about um, polycystic ovarian syndrome PCOS because it is PCOS awareness month and there can often be various different uh, complications with this but I think probably one of the main issues is the lack of of um, education and knowledge that we, we seem to have around it. Uh, Nicola is with us though on the programme today because I asked people to get in touch if it's something that, that you currently live with. Nicola, when were you diagnosed? Um, yeah, so really mine came about is probably about 10, 12 years ago now. I'm, I'm in my late 30s. Um, I just stopped getting periods. I got them every couple of months then I got a bit worried, then they just completely stopped. So obviously that triggered me just going to my GP. So that was really the main and only symptom that I had back then. And what what happened then? So once you so you you went to the GP with these uh, with the symptom of, of having very ad hoc periods. Um, and what did they do? Yeah, so basically my GP, um, she put me on the contraceptive pill. Um, she did talk about PCOS. I hadn't got a clue what it was. So um, she told me nothing to be, you know, frightened of. It's it's quite common. Mm. Um, and she was going to send me for a scan um, and some blood tests. So, um, and she did say that she would put me on the contraceptive pill at that time because I wasn't on it. Um, I was a bit apprehensive of going on that um, and obviously going for tests was a bit scary. And um, first thing I went home was just Googled, <laughs> which is the I wrong know, thing to yeah. do. So, and of course, when you Google, it talks all about infertility and everything else. So 
Um, at the time, then I went for a scan in my local hospital, went for bloods. And when I was due back to my GP, I had a million questions. Um, obviously, she confirmed to me then that I did have PCOS and, you know, told me it was nothing to worry about. I was young um, and that the contraceptive pill would basically help my periods be mm. more regular. So, um, yeah, it was a bit daunting back then because yeah. there was no awareness, nothing, didn't know what it was. And Google was really my answer at the time. <laughs> I always remember, um, I think it was Victoria Beckham was the first person, wasn't yes. it? To, yeah. She was kind yes. of the the celebrity, if you want to say, I don't want to say poster girl, but I suppose she was the only person I ever knew, you know, yeah. the first time I ever heard of PCOS was through Victoria Beckham. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because then some people say that it can, you know, it can gain, you know, um, make you put on weight and it's weight gain for people with larger BMIs. And then that's it when you hear celebrities that aren't like that, then um, it's a bit shocking because, again, you just sometimes people have this idea of, you know, a certain criteria that that has PCOS, Mm. but no, it does affect so many different people. One of the things as well I I always find is when you look at the symptoms of PCOS, I mean, they they can be so wide ranging um, and yet it seems to affect people who have it and who are diagnosed with it, I mean, it, it affects you so differently. Yeah, yeah. I know, and, and that's, at the, I mean, my GP at the time was going through different symptoms of acne and hormone imbalance and moods. And, you know, at the time I was like, oh God, do I have any of them? You know, obviously I didn't have any physical, you know, acne or yeah. um, hair growth and stuff, but then other different things, you know, then because I was diagnosed with it, then I start to think, oh God, maybe I do have some of these other symptoms because I do have PCOS. So, it's um yeah and again Google. I know, yeah, it's sort of a a self-diagnosis process. Um, Dr. Moses Batwala, who's the group medical director at the Sims IVF, is with us here too, Nicola, on the line today. Um, Moses, would you think that we don't have a huge understanding or do we know enough about polycystic ovaries? Um, What I'd say is uh, we do know a lot about uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. However, um, what I find is that there is also uh, one, as just as Nicola has said, is first of all, there is a broad spectrum. There's a broad spectrum of what polycystic ovarian syndrome is. It's not that everyone fits perfectly into this, into this box. Some women, like Nicola, um, uh, present with, irreg- um, uh, with irregular or no periods at all, where they stop having periods completely. Okay? And then, a typic, uh, then other typical signs of polycystic ovarian syndrome are like women who, are, who have a raised BMI. However, as you've already mentioned, uh, and that's t- uh, like when, we were t- when I was in my uh, junior, as a junior doctor, we, uh, typically w- the definitions of, of someone with polycystic ovarian syndrome was they were overweight with a BMI over 30. They had ir- uh, irregular or no periods. And then they also had these, um, uh, they had symptoms like acne, hirsutism, which is like male pattern hair on their chin and on, on their chest. Some women even had uh, um, uh, Adam's apples. But these were kind of like the extremes. And mm. actually what we find is polycystic ovarian syndrome is actually a spectrum of symptoms. And as you, you've described, uh, um, uh, um, uh, um, Victoria Beckham, she's, she, she, didn't have a, uh, she doesn't have a raised uh, BMI. And actually, I find almost 40, 50 percent of, of the patients I see with polycystic ovarian syndrome have normal or normal BMIs or, or, or even can almost be described as, 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 uh, as very, uh, very uh, uh, slender or slender women. So it's not like uh, it's not there's no one one shoe fits no. all. And it this... is a spectrum. It, it is a spectrum. And that's where it's important that uh, that uh, 
um, uh, patients see their, their their doctors first of all if they suspect they have if they especially if they have irregular periods, and then their doctors can refer them to a special who can actually make a um, uh, uh, a definite diagnosis of what they have because I've actually found that there are many actually also very many women who are misdiagnosed as having polycystic ovarian syndrome because they may maybe they have gone to have a scan for maybe they've got a bit of pelvic pain. And someone sees polycystic ovaries, which is um, a, a typical finding of women with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And then they say, oh, you have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Whereas these women have regular periods. Their, 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 um, their whole, um, when you measure, do their hormone, um, hormone blood test, they're mm. normal. These women don't have polycystic ovarian syndrome. They have polycystic ovaries, but not the okay. the syndrome is having all the other the symptoms, symptoms irregular yeah. periods. They're not ovulating. What, they what? have a. Well, yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, uh, Doctor, one of the points, and, and, and Nicola mentioned it there, I suppose, one of the things that maybe frightens uh, people or women when they, when they you know, hear the diagnosis of PCOS is um, maybe the impact in and around fertility. So how does PCOS affect fertility? Okay, I think the main way in which polycystic ovarian, uh, ovarian syndrome, okay, and please, uh, no, I'm not saying polycystic, but polycystic ovarian syndrome, the main way in which it affects fertility is it prevents women ovulating, okay? The women don't release their eggs. And that's why, like Nicola, she had either irregular or infrequent uh, periods. Let's say her, uh, I'll give it, uh, most women who are ovulating have cycles that last anywhere, uh, a cycle lasting anywhere between 26 and 35 days. If you have a, if your cycles are between 26 and 35 days, almost 99% of the time you're ovulating. However, women with polycystic ovarian syndrome, you find their cycles last longer. They go um, uh, uh, from the start of one period to the start of the next, that's what I define as a cycle. It can be 40, 80, 300. They may have no periods at all in their entire year. And the way in which it affects their fertility is they're not ovulating. And because they're not ovulating and releasing an egg, there is nothing to be fertilized when they have sex with their partner for them to become pregnant. Does, okay. does that make they, so, their, their, their eggs are actually there. They have eggs. Those eggs, uh, and a woman who, have, who has polycystic ovaries for, uh, uh, has, uh, went with treatment, correct treatment, she has as, as, as good a chance as almost mm. any other woman okay. of becoming pregnant. And so what's your advice then, um, I suppose, to anybody, maybe in their late 20s or even in, you know, in, in their 30s at any age, um, who has or suspects that they've PCOS, um, What's your advice to them then if they're if they're planning at some point to to have a family? Okay, it's uh, uh, and it, 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 it's it's always context. What is what is going on? Okay, because polycystic ovarian syndrome, which actually twenty uh, percent of women have polycystic ovaries, okay, but only five percent actually have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay, and it's it's that five percent where there are actually implications. One. If they're trying to get pregnant they, uh, um, uh, 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 with their partner, um, it may be more difficult because they're not ovulating. Okay, so they, 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 they'd have difficulty conceiving just naturally their a partner having regular sex. Okay, so that's the first thing. And then secondly, there are some long-term implications for their health. If a woman doesn't have at least three, uh, three periods in a year, she has a buildup of the endometrium. And this can, can, can predispose her to uh, uh, 
to uh, ch- uh, to what we call uh, neoplastic changes in the lining of the womb that can that can may later on develop uh, uh, de- uh, become uh, endometrial cancer. So why Nicola's uh, uh, GP put her on the pill more than likely is at that time Nicola may not have been trying to get pregnant, but the GP saw the importance that Nicola should have uh, should have periods at least during the year to shed that lining and protect her against developing endometrial yeah, okay. cancer in the, in, in, in the future. Do you feel, Nicola, that I suppose people in general that we we you know just the general public that we know enough about it and the impact of it? Um, probably not, to be honest. I mean, especially from the infertility side. I mean, you know, when back and forth with my doctor at the time, I wasn't thinking about having kids. And but of course, when you know when your GP tells you, um, you know, it is something to be aware of. You know, with PCOS, it does get you get you thinking and worried, especially at a what I would consider like a young age. Mm. So obviously that's when I went to Sims and I started, you know, investigations of, you know, about my eggs, my egg quality and how I would go about getting pregnant. So obviously then I went through IVF with Sims and, you know, I've been with them for the last couple of years and I've, I have a little two year old and um, I'm actually pregnant at the moment oh, um, again through treatment. Yeah. So it is, it, there's no really awareness. Um, and again, I was pregnant earlier earlier on in the year but unfortunately that did result in miscarriage sorry, but I think yeah. there's not really enough awareness I think people you know obviously when you when they look at PCOS and infertility um, really that you know women are just scared and think mm. oh will I have a child and at this young age you know do I always have to go through treatment but like the options are there and it was great for me because I thought at the time, I wasn't getting any periods, you know. So I thought, okay, kids is not on the table for me, and that's probably something that I have to accept. So um, I do think it's great that there is options there for people, but I do think it can be quite daunting for people. And you know, it is a big step, and even awareness with fertility and uh, and fertility clinics, yeah. I think, again, is not really spoken yeah. about much as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, listen, um, Nicola, thank you for, for sharing your experience and your story with us here on the programme. And Dr. Moses Batwala, who's the Group Medical Director at Sims IVF, uh, thanks a million for joining us here as well on the show today. Lunchtime live at Newstalk.com. That's the email. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan on Newstalk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.